Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the perpetually untitled Waypoint Rewatch Podcast. <laughs> man, we thought we had a title. We felt good about it. Be kind, rewatch. Felt joyous in I a like way it. that made it's us feel good. Came up with it. Somebody wrote in, and that's when I knew, like, this is our title. This is it. <laughs> this is it. But somebody. Uh, but as it turns out, that title is already taken, which makes sense because it's a good title. And it is. <laughs> I am. I am now getting. Here's the wild thing. Riddle YouTube me is now piss. recommending me be kind rewatch videos on YouTube because <laughs> oh, I wow, clicked just on one. rubbing oh, it in. God. It's great. It's great. Thank <sighs> you. Uh, so we're we're kicking off whatever this series will be titled at some points uh, by watching the entirety of uh, um, James DeMonaco's Purge series. It's a, it's pretty, uh, I, I think, underrated, despite the fact that they're pretty well known, uh, or at least underrated in terms of uh, sort of critically what they contain. Um, it's a it's a series infused with a, a lot of like really striking political imagery and messaging, and we uh, walked through the first uh, movie, The Purge, uh, in uh, the previous episode, and now we're going to walk through uh, the sequel, uh, The Purge Anarchy, which um, most of them came out uh, a year after one another. There was a year gap in between, I believe, the third and the fourth one. Um, but this one came a, a year after, um, these movies, they like it finished shooting in February and came out in July. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Bloomhouse movie, Good. right? Yeah. Bloomhouse, Bloomhouse, which Bloomhouse movies, is so. a, uh, a production company that you should go read about. They're uh, fascinating. Um, they make movies for really cheap, uh, very quickly. Um, and lots of them you never hear about because they get buried on streaming services. And then a couple like <laughs> the purge do really well. Um, so to talk about, uh, the purge anarchy, uh, I'm joined by uh, nearly a full crew, uh, Danielle Riendo. Hi. Hello. Rob Zachney. Hey, what's up, everybody? Natalie Watson. Hi, hi. And Austin Walker. It's me. That's Who's Austin. got a camera now? I do. I have, a, and it's not haunted. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. You the last podcast, uh, I got we a had new an camera. issue. Yeah, I bought a new <laughs> camera. Shout out to Logitech. They didn't give me the camera. I it's, spent nope. sixty bucks. That's not... <laughs> and that camera's not haunted yet, but it's going to see some things. Ooh, mm-hmm. Ooh. spooky. Ooh. Uh, so we're going to spoil all of uh, the Purge Anarchy, so be forewarned uh, up front. Um, uh, before we get into it, I'm going to kind of set up sort of where we're at with uh, the movie. Um, so, uh, <laughs> well, I would just – I thought about just playing a trailer, but we'll have uh-huh. to get into a trailer. <laughs> the, the trailers, as it turns out, are their own thing, as uh-huh. Austin uh, discovered, like, literally right before <laughs> we started recording. Um, so we'll actually get into that because there, that, there are some political – 
not so much subtext in those in those trailers. Um, so the Purge Anarchy takes place six years into the Purge cycle. Like, you know, crime is down, yada, yada. The, the movie shifts perspectives pretty radically. In the first movie, we're focusing on sort of a rich, deeply entitled family trying to insulate themselves from the side effects of purging while kind of quiet, not kind of, abs- absolutely <laughs> quietly taking advantage of the way it punishes uh, certain classes of, of marginalized folks. And, and in this movie, we open... You know, on families of color, the underclass, the purge is, is specifically meant to to target in the name of getting crime down um, and and economics. Um, these people don't have like in the massive metal shutters protect themselves. They're huddled into tiny apartments and broken down neighborhoods. They're ha- hammering wood and nails into their doors and windows by hand. Um, these are people that don't have the luxury of wondering, well, maybe we should have a weapon in the house. Like they have to have a weapon in the house because these are the kinds of areas where people are going to go out of their way to target them. Like these are, these people are, are largely defenseless and just kind of hoping they get lucky enough to get through the night. Um, there's sort of three sets of characters that we're, we're dealing with. There's a young couple on the verge of telling everyone they're breaking up in which the dude is clearly an asshole. Um, <laughs> their car fuck. breaks. <laughs> yeah, he's bad. Shane Even, sucks. Yeah. I love him so, Shane. It's great because I love him so much in Friday Night Lights. And then here mm-hmm. he is just the worst. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, their car breaks down to the side of the road um, and they're sort of forced to, to wander in the streets. In our Rob Zachney corner, we'll discuss the uh, weird way people choose not to prepare for this annual event uh, that's got to get to Whole Foods before the first. <laughs> Rob, like, Rob, you'll get, Rob, you'll get your moment. Don't worry. The, the house defenses and then you'll get your, your strategy corner. Uh, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a mother and daughter who narrowly escaped the uh, invasion of their apartment complex by heavily armed individuals. Um, and then they are rescued by sort of a Punisher-like vigilante um, who were previously seen sort of aimlessly wandering the streets of Los Angeles, like mostly observing. Um, his motivations kind of become more clear uh, over the course uh, of, of the movie. So um, before we unpack like a bunch of what's happening in this film, I kind of just wanted to just kind of generally throw it out there. Uh, it's a huge genre shift. It's a huge sort of tonal shift. But uh, Natalie, like what did you what did you take away from the second film? Um, it was interesting to me, mostly just how different the framing of the movie was to the actual experience of watching it, which I feel like has, uh, probably a lot to do with why they're so underappreciated because the the framing of the movie is not a movie I'd want to watch, um, in terms of like the trailers, um, that came out, which, uh, like you mentioned earlier. And then also it's interesting that the, um, the film is titled, uh, uh, the purge anarchy, because I wonder how much the concept of anarchism is like the, the actual ideology of anarchism is, is in this movie and, and how much of it is, um, like well represented because I think anarchy is kind of being supplemented by, or at at least is, is another word for chaos almost in a lot of people's understanding of it. And a lot of people's, if they don't understand like the, the actual political ideology of anarchism. Um, so I feel like violent to them. It just sounds (laughs) violent. It sounds chaotic. It sounds like out of control. It sounds individualistic. Um, which, is not what happens in this movie and is also not what anarchism is actually about. So, um, yeah, those were kind of my 
not a lot of Bakhtin like quotes in this movie. And yet, well, there actually might there. I have to go back and check over what Carmelo says to make sure that we're not being slyly given some uh, secret political yeah. philosophy uh, quotes slipped in there. I think there's definitely some um, like hints of of at least like radicalism in in oh, yeah. in what Carmelo says is is very radical and is very. Um, you know, anti-establishment, anti, um, anti-government, anti-institutional powers. And yeah, Danielle, I was literally just about to mm-hmm. read a, a little passage from Kim Kelly, who is a writer at Noisy, also writes for um, Teen Vogue, and she uh, wrote a piece called Everything You Should Know About Anarchism. And I just wanted to read a quick um, definition of anarchism because I think it would be helpful to this conversation. Um, In her words, anarchism is a radical revolutionary leftist political philosophy that advocates for the abolition of government hierarchy and all other unequal systems of power. It seeks to replace what its proponents view as inherently oppressive institutions like a capitalist society or the prison industrial complex with non-hierarchical horizontal structures powered by voluntary associations between people. Um, Anarchists organize around a key set of principles, including horizontalism, mutual aid, autonomy, solidarity, direct action, and direct democracy, a form of democracy in which the people make decisions themselves via consensus, as opposed to representative democracy of which the United States government is an example. So that I... I want to watch. I want to watch Carmelo's movies. So <laughs> it's really yeah, the thing. Yeah. Is that is after seeing that first piece, I was like, oh god, I, his first sort of introduction to the to, to in the film. I was like, I hope he's in here. Like, I really, really hope that we get like the deep dive into Carmelo, um, which we. No, he, he's no. like a superhero. He makes the most of every yes, scene he is in, though. He, yeah. I, I, let, let it, let it be like uh, 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 Michael K. Williams is a terrific yeah. actor, but let it, like these movies show any actor given a scene <laughs> yes. chewing B movie role will relish to just, just God, he, he just eats he just rolls up. around it's in so this role. Good. There's a clip that we'll get to. Like we'll just after we do our, our first thoughts, maybe we'll just transition to him because I uh, there's a clip I have of when he does his entrance. <sighs> Towards the other movie, that is just mm, yeah. Chef's Kiss is, is beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, he just feels like an FMB uh, video game where they got like one <laughs> named actor that you'll recognize, but like they couldn't make shooting dates work, so mostly they just take shots <laughs> like on a soundstage and are just like, you know what, explore just, yeah, the space. just say whatever you want, just like give it everything you got. Uh, he's a great scarf. Um, uh, uh, yeah. uh, Natalie had mentioned the, the the marketing thing. Like Austin, as we transition, to asking you about your thoughts. Like, do you want to touch yeah. on like the weirdness yeah, totally. of the marketing of this movie? Because I, I mean, I don't I don't watch the trailers for a lot of these films because I just kind of pick up on the buzz and then I just jump into them. Right. So I never watch these, and these trailers are fucking wild. That first trailer is why I probably never watch these movies, right? Which is like, so as you said, this film is, is interesting because it shifts the perspective away from the middle class white family. It establishes, like, it, it opens on uh, Latinx, like, food service workers. Um, who needs to so raise, specific, like, because who needs right, medicine who needs raise for her father. For her, for her dying father, she is, yeah, she's like a waitress um, who is being sexually harassed at work. Like, immediately, this is a mm-hmm. film that is about, and at home, yeah, absolutely. Everywhere, everywhere she goes. Everywhere. Yeah. 
on everywhere. The Const- you're right, on the street constantly. It's like, that is what this film actually is. And I don't know that it, it sticks the landing, let's say. Like, there's still lots of stuff to work through. It, it, oh, it, um, it poses a lot of questions. It doesn't necessarily come with yeah. uh, answers. Totally. Um, yeah. But, 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 that's not how this movie was sold, especially initially. The, the <laughs> first trailer only focuses on Shane and what is the, what is his girlfriend's name? Uh, I can pull it up. White girl. Uh, I can name every other character. It's like, unlike Liz. the last one, I can tell you, Liz, right, right, right. I Liz. can name Eva and Callie and everybody else, but I couldn't name Liz. Um, it's just Shane and Liz, and they're like going on a twee drive in the summer sun, and it's just like they're in the L.A. sprawl, and oh, no, dangerous people. We're in the <laughs> J. Crew yeah, collection. I thought it was a parody 100%. Trailer, honestly, like, like, remember that Shining <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. remix where it's different? <laughs> yeah, I thought like... Oh, Austin, I think you're a little too <laughs> No, that is the first trailer they released for this thing, was just look at these whites being terrorized. And that is how I thought the Purge, that's what I thought the Purge movies were until election year, at which point I was like, wait a second, is this, are, wait, what? What is the series? Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, the second trailer, I think, does a, less, a better job of being like, oh, here are the characters. It's still a little more focused on the Punisher uh, figure, the the sergeant as the name of the character in this movie. Um, but I think the movie is also kind of more focused on him by the end. Uh, so that's maybe fair. But that first look at it is definitely what I thought. And so coming into it, I was surprised to see that shift in perspective. Um, but I, I felt that the movie was conflicted over which of its kind of two identities it wanted to, to, to have. On one hand, it wanted to talk about how the, um, you know, there, there are, there are people on the margins who in any, you know, great change and any, in any, you know, socioeconomic shift are the people who will be uh, targeted or left for dead either directly or indirectly. Like I, I think last, last time we talked, Natalie, you brought up the idea of like, well, what happens when you kill all the waiters? And what this suggests is like, well, at first they didn't want to kill all the waiters, but now they really are just like, we're going to kill everybody. All the waitresses are fucking dead. Um, and so they want to address like this stuff, like, okay, who's getting, who's getting shot? Who are the people being targeted directly? But I think it also, um, and, you know, because of that, I think it has like a much more, a lot of my issues with agency and people of color and, and the poor from the first film, I think, are addressed here. But I also think it really wants to have its cake and eat it, too. Or, or as the British would say, have its penny and its bun. Um, oh, I, yeah, I'm going to trust a real you on thing. that one. Just trust, just trust me on that. Um, because it also really wants to be an exploitation film. Uh, and it also really, really wants a Wakia written about it so bad. It has different gangs. It has like weird sci like pseudo sci fi weapons and sound effects. Um, it introduces new factions and technologies. It really wants you to. It, it, feel, it felt at times like Dead Rising, the first Dead Rising game. Um, did anybody here play that game? Mm-hmm years ago where like yeah there's zombies there's no zombies in this movie or there are but the zombies are just like random purgers but like people loved the, th- the thing that they loved in those dead rising games was the psychos who were like oh wow this is the one who wears a clown mask and throws molotov cocktails oh yeah. these are the these are the the punks who drive around in a stolen humvee and listen to like punk rock or whatever you, you could f- this, it felt like the mo- it felt like deeply like a video game at times like the sequence 100%. when they're trying to um, the the woman you're alluding to who's on top of a church, I think, and has yeah, got like, totally. like an Uzi, and oh, she's an just Uzi kind of and randomly shooting people and like proclamating from. It felt like oh, this is like a game world building where it's like oh, I'm yes. gonna I'm gonna walk through this sequence. There's a or this is foreshadowing a, a boss that I'm going to fight, and I'm I'm gonna be <laughs> totally. on the ground and have to shoot at the rooftop in order to take this one out. All of that stuff feels so like 
checkbox like a like okay they want we want to make sure that we have different types of gangs this is the gang that that you know we uh, want the christian extremists yes yes exactly. gotta bring back those masks we want Who the crust masks? punks we want the right the mask ones we want the and that is so at odds with the sort of thing one of the things i liked about the first one was the very intimate feeling of just like we are focused on these characters and i think this movie was definitely trying to be two or three different movies at once yeah. and suffers because of it. It's not an efficient movie the way the first... I don't think the first film's like a masterpiece by any means, but I think it's fairly efficient. I think it's very dense, the first film. I think there's a lot for us... There was a lot for us to pick through and like so much dialogue that had so many like, ooh, let's find the subtext here. This movie's really straightforward comparatively. There's still a lot to unpack, but it's not. there's not as much to like play with, if that makes sense. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I it just wasn't the thing I thought it would be, which is which is a weird thing to say about the Purge films. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, feel the same way, Danielle? Yeah, I actually, it's really funny to me because I've, watching this, I kept remembering that my entire experience with The Purge until a couple of weeks ago when I actually watched the first one, then watched the second one yesterday, has been going to the haunted houses <laughs> of The Purge. Going to The Purge houses What are what, like What is the, what is the setup thinking, there for those? Like, is it just, oh, it's people in masks and they're screaming at you? It's okay, The Purge right. night. Yeah, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. And they tend to be the least interesting houses, although... Frankly, and this was this was a thing I noticed and my sister noticed, was like at the very end of the Purge house, you know, there there are people of all races sort of in these masks and, you know, jumping out at you. But the last few in the house, uh, and maybe this was just when I went and it was different actors cycle in or out, but the last few were black actors cool. in the masks that were like from this second movie. Uh, and it was sort of like, yeah, huh, is that is that a thing? We got we got some some race stuff going on here, or was that just sort of how it shook out at like who was on that shift right. or whatever? I, mean, I don't know, but that was that's the whole first something. act with the with the white folks. Like that's part of why I yes. was like, oh, what is this? What's happening with this movie? Is their story is very much white people are being terrorized by black and brown folk who are scaring them. Yep. Um, which I definitely want to talk about, like the framing of those shots for sure. When we when we get to that point, um, but like as as my sort of general whole thought, I I liked that this movie. I liked it first of all. I did like it, and again, I keep being like, wow, I like these way more than I than I thought I would. Sort of, uh, but my whole sort of take on it was, you know, the themes here feel like this is this just keeps going off on the ways that evil is commodified. Mm-hmm kind of in these movies how much it is just about money and and this is the way that that rich people just you know wage their own war on the poor and also very much about sort of toxic masculinity and one of the things i liked the most was the character of ava for sure and sort of how much just she just deals with toxic masculinity all day every day she's you know she gets rape threats everywhere she goes like no matter what happens to her she's like a woman of color in this world and she more than anyone else understands how transactional everything mm-hmm. is in this world in everything she does and everything she says in her character so i thought that was actually kind of cool and subtle and interesting in this movie yeah i think it's great like super early on there's that just that moment of her being like turning to look at the white woman who is her boss who is like keeping them late on purge day and you know she needs to act like beg mm-hmm. for this raise and that is framed in such a way that's like you yeah, know all of the power dynamics at work here are at work here like and 
there are moments when the film really expects you, the viewer, to like get it. Or it, it was maybe a movie that felt at times like it was being made for multiple audiences, which Bloomhouse Pictures often are. Like that is mm. not a rare thing. Like this is they also produced Get Out, right? And and on top of producing the Annabelle movies and a million other things. But like um but <laughs> right. there was really just a feeling of like oh wow this section is for me in the theater and then the shane sections are for shane and what shane doesn't understand is oh. it's all going to come back around on his ass yep. yeah this movie it's weird i liked this movie a lot like watching it it was a fun mm-hmm. ride uh but i think structurally it's really messy in part because it's trying to bridge so many uh, different stories and trying to um, sort of speak to a lot of different audiences. Uh, but I think the other aspect of it is it. this also just feels like a movie that has a lot of different destinations in mind, but can't actually commit to which one of them is going to be mm-hmm. the real denouement. Mm-hmm. Like the movie has like false yeah. endings and like reveals of like, ah, you thought they were safe, but here's a new place for, the tr- for trouble. But the problem, like, the thing that like makes this movie a little frustrating is a lot of these conceits need a little time to breathe. You need you need time to like like get that sense of okay, here's what the superficial scenario is, and then you need time to think like this starts to feel a little right. bit wrong. This movie rushes that stuff consistently because it wants to get to not only the big payoff but also because it really wants to have that other set piece. And that other set piece may not really fit with the movie they were making, but like, fuck it. We're going to have a big-ass gun battle in this movie. Yeah. One a number of them, honestly. Yeah. And so it's, but it's still a lot of fun for me because I think it's a very technically proficient movie. And I love, um, oh gosh, whose photography? Uh, Jacques, uh, uh, Jacques, uh, Jacques Jouffre. Uh, I, I actually really like the way this movie is shot. I love the sense of like the little touches of realism. The fact that like every car, the camera is mounted on the hood, looking back into the interior. So like you can tell this is a real car moving through the city. There's not, not once do you have that standard shot of yeah. actors in a wow. car, like model green screened against the backdrop. Like everything here is located. The city streets are dark and menacing the way they are sometimes yeah. late at night. Also makes it a difficult movie to watch at times uh, because, like, this movie gets fucking inky. Uh, but <laughs> nevertheless, uh, I I really didn't like for all my reservations about the way the movie is structured. It's a really fun, like, dark exploitation film uh, with with a lot of really satisfying. I mean, that's like violence. the weird contradiction. <laughs> like, it seems to be especially with the credit sequence a critique of gun culture and American, you know, a desire to do violence and. Also, boy, there is a lot of it in this movie that is that is shot as if it was the coolest shit in the world. Yeah, it's fetishized uh, in a way that is less about making a point and more that yeah. this looks really pretty, doesn't it? And it does. And it's satisfying. <laughs> and, like, shitty people yeah. die in a way yep. that makes you go, God. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so I, Especially the rapist. Yes. Which one? Well, yeah, fair. Yeah, the like yeah, most Jesus, intense, yeah. I guess. Well, I, like yeah. the most obvious. And that one. so it's yeah. interesting because like we, we we talked about like how many ideas this movie is like picking up and then throwing away and not necessarily like landing with because this movie often feels like it's trying to cram like a trilogy's worth of ideas uh, into a single film. Um, 
and and maybe they didn't think they were going to make another one. Um, and they just had, you know, James DeMonaco was like, I'm just going to put it all in here. We'll see where it goes. Because, like, when the movie opens, and I'm curious, you know, Natalie and Daniel, your response to this, like, it feels like the movie is going to open being, like, specifically all about, like, sort of, like, toxic masculinity and sort of, like, like the, the there weren't as many gender politics in the first one. But this becomes, like, at the four, like multiple instances of, you know, th- this main character dealing with at, at work, on the side of the street. Um, when she gets back home, you know, constantly with like men wanting to quote unquote protect her, wanting to harass her, wanting her, uh, her body. And uh, it kind of throws those ideas away pretty, pretty quickly. But I was curious in, in like the opening, like 20 minutes, like it's a pretty strong theme that, that it's harping on. Like what was, uh, what did you, what did you think of that? Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was super disturbing. It was, uh, you know, hard to watch um, a lot of this be contained within either uh, like Latinx communities or just black and brown communities in general. Um, so, you know, the violence was like within, you know, this is these are people she which is, you know, oftentimes how it happens. It's someone, you know. Um, the the first guy being, you know, someone at work, the next one being, you know, someone as she's walking down the street, and the last person being someone who knows her very well in her uh, apartment complex. Um, so it was... It was... It was interesting because Eva is framed as a very... I mean, she's, you know, a self-supporting her family, her, her father and, and her daughter. And she, um, but she's framed as like a very anxious person. Um, she's like very, you know, uh, uh, when she gets home, her mom, uh, her daughter kind of like takes care of her in a way and is like, you know, we're going to be safe tonight. You don't have to worry every night, you know, every year we're safe. And so she gets a lot of reassurance from her daughter. And the thing that I was expecting or the thing that I was wondering is, is this going to be like a sort of mm. retribution film for Eva to like take, like to yeah, act the back film. and to like Very fight back anymore, against yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. And and I don't know, and and although the Callie does kind of, but those those acts of violence are never contested by Callie and Eva. They're always contested by someone else, and in in specifically the sergeant is the one who protects them often and so they i don't think either of them ever um actually commit any acts of violence i think the only one in the group are shane and liz who actually yeah. like shoot shoot back or do they i mean yeah, Eva liz, and gets Callie are, liz, purges. Yeah, liz gets a taste and yeah exactly um, Ava so shoots because there's a of... moment when she explicitly says she's not she's out of ammo, right? I have no more. Like, I don't have any. Yeah. I she... have no more bullets. But I don't know if she, she shot. Sh- yeah, she was just shooting. She yeah, she was shooting out. This is when um, they were in the. Uh, I remember that moment. I just it's can't the, remember it's the hunt it's zone. The arena. It's yeah. the it's the arena. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> hunt zone. It's the she's, she's doing battle royale, but they're not. Yeah. But they're it's not the, shooting in. They're not shooting directly at anyone. They're like shooting. No, they to, fuck that dude like, up. They kill Eric Trump. One hundred percent. Yeah, they but do. that's the time that they all. <laughs> but does Ava sh- good, like? Yes. No, because what I remember is Ava shooting Maybe over the not. barrier. So she's she's putting down like suppressing yeah. fire, 
but I'm not sure. Mm. Like, I'm not Liz sure is the one that's actually sort of murdering people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the one dude who gets um, lit the fuck up by like a lot that's of good. bullets. That's all. Yeah, that's I remember that. I, I, I just. You're not I wrong. I want to be 100%. I'm not saying that you're... I think you're... Like, this is the big... One of my biggest issues with the film, so I don't, I don't want to, like, mm-hmm. step on your point. No, no. I just think that uh, they're... They are not given, like, the same sort of um, spotlight or same sort of breathing room, as you were saying before, kind of, Rob, to really, like, revel in a moment of... and And maybe this speaks to, like who they are they are not purgers they're not people like seeking out like revenge and um and you know what's her name uh Callie is actually explicit like has been following Carmelo and um is you know interested in in sort of dismantling this this um um uh, holiday or whatever New you want to call it she wants to be radicalized yeah. yeah the new whatever yeah so um it's I, I I wanted I don't know if I wanted their film because I don't know if that was the right um that would be the right thing is to like okay now you know now women get to shoot or now you know I don't know I don't know like that's what the, sixth the movie. I, yeah later women shoot the purge yeah <laughs> because when that happened in the first movie when what's her name um uh, Lena Headey, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, Lena, sure, Lena yes. Headey, or whatever, yeah. Hedy, Cersei, like, finally, yeah, <laughs> yeah Cersei, Cersei, finally, gets. like, like, gets some, gets some, you know, ammunition, and she like fucks up the the other white girl at the end, and it doesn't like feel good that you are now doing it. Like, I don't know. It's it's the fucking system that's fucked. It's like the the mm. entire like concept of this night that is fucked to participate in it is but also you know when <laughs> Carmelo says we have to <laughs> I mean it's so it's but so, also is like this whole movie right is yeah. like yeah it, 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 it brings up one idea and then there's a but also and not in a both side sort of way it's just that it's jumbling together so many things that it even if it, it, this movie probably could, like we, we've seen this, you know, the first movie lands a lot of points. Like, however you fall on those points, like it, it lands something. It's, it's saying it has a, as a message, and this movie just like throws it all up in the air, and they just kind of like it both throws it at the wall, and like it doesn't really land anywhere in, in particular. Like Danielle, gives that the same sort of sense that you got? Yeah, in, a, in a lot of ways, I have some frustrations with uh, one particular framing thing, which uh, I just want to mention at first. I do love. Uh, the sort of opening with Ava and how it's just sort of like this is the exhaustion of being a woman of color in this yeah. world and in in our world completely like okay yep she goes to work she has to deal with assholes at work she has to deal with this white woman sort of oppressing her she has to deal with all this sexual harassment and she gets home and she's exhausted she's so tired and now she has to deal with her family like her cranky father who is wonderful is a great character is a tragic character there's a lot of things going on there as well but it's like God, I just dealt with the world and getting, you know, trying to put food on the table and it's not enough. And Jesus Christ, now I have to deal with my family. Like, it's very like, oh, my God, Jesus. All right, here we go. I'm tired. Like, that's the sense I got from her. She has PTSD from dealing with the fucking world and like what her station in the world is and doing her best. And she's exhausted and she's had enough of it. My frustration with that sort of framing that we've been talking about is absolutely that uh, uh, regarding violence is absolutely that, uh, you know, it's sort of presented that, okay, Sarge saves them. He saves Callie Mm -hmm. and Ava. 
through violence. He does it through like a violent act. He he shoots the bad guys, right? When they get their moment to be sort of a savior, when they get their moment to save him, it's not through an act of violence, it's through an act of care, right? They pick him up, they drive him to the hospital. Like they they're taking care of him, which as like an EMT, of course, <laughs> I think that's great. I think that's the best thing ever. But I am frustrated by how gendered that is. That like, okay, yeah. there's a good guy with a gun. And you save him by being nice to him instead of like, okay, you know, the women are caretakers, the men are protectors. Like there is a very like kind of intense mm. binary there, which again is not like the entire movie. It's not the entire framing of the movie, but it is the way that Ava gets to like have her savior moment at the end there. It's frustrating because there are even moments in which he gets to be that caring person yeah. when he gives his when he gives his bulletproof vest up for Callie. Like there are moments when he's checking in on people. When he, he, when he does hits also- Shane's shoulder. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. He gets to be that that same carer. He gets both sides of the spectrum. He yeah. gets to be the Punisher and also the EMT, but like they just only get to like convince him maybe violence is a bad thing right. in this case, mister. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> it's frustrating. And it, it almost be, feels it, like it, Mr. Punisher Man. Mr. Yeah. Punish Mr. Big Punisher Man. Punisher Man. Yeah. <laughs> it almost feels like they gave Liz the gun at the end where she wants to purge as like a mild corrective to this. Like, oh we had to have a woman shoot something. Uh, white girl, you, you get, your husband gets fridged and you get to, you get to shoot. Like, it almost feels very much like they shoehorned that little bit in. Like, oh, we gotta have a girl shoot something. Uh, you go. Like, yeah. Convenient that his fridging happens at the very end of the film. (laughs) Why couldn't that be the first thing? Not usually how fridging goes. Yeah. There's almost, there's almost a formal argument that you could make that I don't think I'm making, which is like, right, well, like, who gets access to, to armed resistance uh, in our world who gets to actually fight back it's definitely not women of color uh maybe it's white women if 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 someone if they have access to you know the power of patriarchy who happens to be on their side in the moment like you can make that argument where it's like right they are mm-hmm. disempowered because as women of color uh they are they are disempowered yeah this movie is not making that argument yeah i don't think <laughs> i mean it, it may not well. maybe mm-hmm. it's like in, it's in the thematic realm like it's it's within a uh, like yeah you, can, you could talk about that because it suggests a world where maybe that is true but i don't think this movie does or, do, does the work or does the world building to necessarily suggest it is explicitly true in in this world if it is making that argument i think it's wrong right i think the argument it should be making is like and sometimes i mean it's what carmelo says which is like sometimes Everyone should pick up a gun and fight the tyrants who are trying to kill us. That's a perfectly fine, like, including women of color. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Rob, you bit, you had something you wanted yeah, to say. Yeah, I mean, watching this, I was thinking a lot about... So toward the end of the last episode, I think Austin gave us... Um, w- applied to The Purge 1, I think a rather strained reading of the film, how it would read to like a more conservative or reactionary audience, right? I think the text of that film doesn't support that kind of reading. You have to really see what you want to see to get that out of the purge, uh, the first purge movie, not the first purge, but the original purge film. <laughs> right, uh, we'll get to the first purge. But with this one, I couldn't shake the thought that this movie's politics, to a degree, have gotten much more explicitly leftist, but also its subtext is much more easily readable as reactionary as well. That predominantly, for for the way everything is framed, it's in terms of uh, class oppression and the arc of a lot of these characters and what saves them in the end is like dawning class consciousness and awareness. That's what a lot of the movie is explicitly saying. 
But ultimately, this movie makes a decision pretty early on that this is also, as you put it last night, Austin, a Punisher film. Like, literally, like, the person who's going to save the day here is Sarge, who is an aggrieved, pissed-off white father figure. And he's going to be the one who sort of takes charge and gets this disparate collection of people through this night. Uh, And if anything, like, you know, as you pointed out, uh, Danielle, like, the role of the women who are around are to sort of restrain his violence to sort of uh, tame the like masculine beast that is being unleashed on purge night, uh, which are, these are all very familiar tropes that sort of are completely compatible to the types of media that I think is often driven uh, reactionary mindsets as well. You know, this is all very compatible with like a death wish. Uh, type film uh you know they took mm-hmm. they took everything from him so he's gonna take everything from them that's kind of what we've got going on here if you're watching the film as it sort of unfolds shot by shot but every time this the film wants to give you its message it's about you know actually it's these structural factors and it's the the rich who are out to kill us and nothing will change unless we you know rise up together and threaten them so it's a it's a very strange film that's why i think like it's politics kind of fall apart on inspection i think it's got you know good intentions but i think it is completely spun in circles by its own its choice about who its protagonist is and the redeeming power of violence that it portrays yeah i think that okay making sure that was a hand raise not a scratch (laughs) (laughs) that was a hand that was a hand yeah i think that Maybe that point would have come across more if the Punisher would have realized the implications of the purge outside of him. Mm. Like the Punisher, the Punisher, the Punisher the goes out to to do the purger, <laughs> the perjurer, the purging man goes out to do what he is, what the purge as a knight gives him the opportunity to do. Which is to take revenge on, um, you know, the the death of his his son, um, but there's no point at which he realizes the implications of the purge as, um, you know, class suppression and 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 cleansing and 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 uh, you know what who is targeted. Like you see it, you see, you know, when they're going through the tunnel, all the homeless people that are hiding in the in the subway tunnel and then when the people come after uh the main group the protagonist group the the homeless people come out and largely take the brunt of the fire and most of them are are killed and there's no realization i mean Callie is constantly aware that that this is after this is all after them like this is structured around uh, around the killing of um, poor, sick, uh, 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 you know, uh, marginalized people. And not from, I mean, Shane and Liz don't do it either, but I, but the the sort of main, they're trying to survive, right? So their, their sort of realization is less, you know, significant because their, their goal isn't to participate in their trying to survive. Um, so they're not really agents in this. They're just sort of passive. Um, but the Punisher, Sarge, is an actor in this. He is an agent, and he is a participant in the purge. And there's no 
sort of recognition on his side of what the purge actually means, um, which I think is a huge, huge misstep. Yeah, I, I it is it's like one of the biggest there was a, the moment in the movie where Carmelo steps from behind the screen. You know, he kind of finally shows up on the actual in the action. Do you want? Do you want? Yeah, just let's play, I have that, that, let's clip play that. Let's yeah. play that. I want to talk about that in relation to the Punisher, Sarge. Who I'm going to keep calling the Punisher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> want to be John Wick? That's what I kept calling him. Yeah. in my head. If only the action in this was as good as the action in John Wick. I uh, know. Oh God, yeah. so that the market mentality will no longer keep the American people stunted. We are outraged and we're fighting back. Nice to meet you too, young lady. There's a lot of them out here. Yeah, well, there's more of us. We're more pissed off. It's time for them to feel what it's like. Change only comes when their blood spills. I want to get out of here. It's about to get nasty. Though. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You she doesn't move up with she, them. You don't see her you're light right. anyone up. Um, she's like, so. She stayed in cover, just took pot shots. Look, my guy yeah. underlit that scene a little yeah. bit. I'm not going to lie. Didn't <laughs> really. 
Also, those the, that that army of of dudes with shotguns were conveniently just like let them. They just didn't move for like a good. Two oh minutes yeah, they were just like not gonna close in. This is important. I I still don't. Really, <laughs> I don't think the firing line's ready. <laughs> I don't even really know what the what the spatiality of of that room is because I thought they came in from the mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. and then would have passed all of the dudes with the shotguns anyway. Um. <laughs> So, like, that's an amazing moment because it's goofy and it's, like, B-movie excellence. It is just, like, like yes. fucking... A great yes. actor, Michael like, K. just Williams relishing in a, in a in crappy like, character. In, like, yes. you know, Black Panther Party cosplay, uh, including mm-hmm. just the most amazing long, like, sa- salmon-colored scarf and the fucking, like, circle <laughs> circle uh, uh, frame uh, glasses. He's just... it's. And, and that, that beret. beret, it's perfect. It's oh. so good. Um, and in that moment, two things happened. One, I was like, why is the camera leaving him? Let's just stay here. Because the... <laughs> he has to go home, actually. Right. I mean, yeah, that's the day. actual problem, right? Um, uh, <laughs> but, but, like, in terms of... That's a moment where you're like, oh, right. The Punisher, the Sergeant, is only going to kill... The, is, is focused on his objective. And is, like, an individual who, yeah... Maybe can save three or four people because, but it, but it's, it's accidental. Incidental. It's right. incidental as opposed to and like the way to have structural change is like you need leadership and organization and recruitment and goals and that goals. are like, hey, we are actively go. Also, 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 fucking Carmelo Jones would have killed those rich people in that car afterwards. He would not yes. have just scared them yep. and let them walk away. They were buying and selling people to kill them, like, or he would have said run and then shot and her then in shot the them back. in the back. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, I was waiting for that. I was waiting I'm sure for that. Shot yeah. both, honestly, honestly, honestly. Shot her Although um, he does do that one. He has know, that one good bit where he uh, he sprays the the glass cool. window with the bullets and just yeah. th- sk- then they get on the phone. Whoo! I have to call the police. Backup. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. Um, but but I think that there's a, there was a moment there where the where the film had a chance to to like. I mean, I think it still is saying the stuff we just said about mm-hmm. how structural change requires organization and actual resistance, and not just like one-off superheroes who happen to be really good with guns. But someone needed um, to be saying it to that character, right? right like, like if the movie is, was going to complete the yes. link, it's like okay, it's fine that uh, Sarge is is doing his his thing because of course there would be people they would right. act like this within this structure, but. If it, it should have been it, that should have been the focal point where it's like ah here's the arc of yes. what this this movie is trying to say thematically is like doesn't mean he's gonna go become a great guy but at least should make the subtext should become text like the 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 way this movie is suggesting a critical lens toward this character that's the moment where the movie needs to say it and right. make that link explicit well, and it just instead you have to have a ninety minute podcast discussion and start bringing that together in order. Well, to, that's the to thing that's so frustrating for me about you know that we were talking about how the film is framed and he you know his his arc as being kind of the central one the. It's a, in the first movie I said this too, which was like in the first film, Ethan Hawke's like soul was the thing at stake. Yes, the family was also going to die, but the thing at stake was: is he going to break and become a purger too? Is he? Is his heart? Is he going to be convinced to throw this this poor black man out into the woods? You know, out into the 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 the, the killers. Um, and that is still the stakes here. It is: is Sergeant going to? kill the person he set out to kill or can these nice brown women convince him that maybe purging isn't the answer and a slightly better film that would still have the problem of like the perspective problem of who is it that that 
who who has the central stakes of the film could have at least been one in which what he says at this moment is like, you know what? My personal vengeance doesn't matter. I'm here for Carmelo Jones now. Like, let's shift that direction. Yeah, save the white dude's heart. Save his soul. But, like, actually save it. Don't just say that, like, maybe the purge is bad. Like, actually lean into this notion of, like, maybe we should be resisting and fighting this thing. And I, I know that that's where these, this film series goes. I know that, uh, you know, someone else we didn't mention in that in that sequence is... The stranger from the first movie is in that sequence. He's the first guy who shows yes. up. He's the soldier from the first movie, uh, the the homeless guy, who is now part of the resistance. That's oh, that dude. Shit. And he's also <laughs> in the next movie. Uh, so, Hell like, yeah. in, in, as far as the IMDb page says, anyway. Um, and so, like, I know that's the direction this movie, is, this, this series is going in. I just wish it had gotten there a little faster, you know? Yeah, let's uh, take a, a quick break, uh, and then we'll uh, continue this discussion of Purge Anarchy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, Danielle, I know you had something to say. Yeah, that scene that we just watched, which is, oh my God, it's so pleasurable and mm-hmm. it's so fun on so many levels. And I, I love the sort of subtext of it, especially Austin, as you're saying. But it did fall apart for me a little bit, uh, and not in the nitpicky way, but in the very like structure of it of, yeah, the, the rich white lady got yeah. away. And also, probably the people who they employed as soldiers probably are not rich right. also. They are probably also, okay, they're getting a salary. I'm not saying they're as poorly off as most of the people who are being purged, but it's not exactly like they went in and they actually slaughtered the rich assholes, right? They right. slaughtered their army of, maybe they did, but it's well, not Well, the movie really doesn't show insane. it, right? I think really this perfect. is all the connective tissue exactly. of like what the movie, like a much stronger conclusion to this film where you still could have finished off Sarge's arc and yeah. learned that, you know, yeah. that, that he doesn't have to kill this man who killed his son. But yes, like the stronger, like more, you know, both left, like it, where it takes its leftist politics and follows it to some sort of conclusion is exactly what you're saying, Danielle. I was like, the camera doesn't pan right out the hallway. It pans left to see what do these people do once they've invaded these rich white people? Like what, what, do, what does that, what does this violent resistance then turn to? Like, is it just continued escalation of like, what is the politics of this movement? And like, that's, I think we're, we're all hungry for more of that. And the movie just doesn't give you, it gives you a taste, but it doesn't actually take the full step into it. Yeah, is it that this army of the people, basically Carmela's army, do they just fight the hired army of the rich people and the rich people can just keep hiring new people? New people? Yeah. Can they keep hiring people to die and hiring people to kill for them? Like, it, it, it's very unsatisfying in that way, I think. I don't know. I, that part, I sort of... Something I enjoyed about that is the fact they're all, like, dressed up as, like, waiters, for instance. That, like, the wait staff who were servicing that ball and that, like, fucked up human auction now come pouring in as armed guards to rescue uh to not, not even to rescue to to kill off these 
you know, these martyrs uh, as the, as they're framed, these these people have been set up to 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 be prey animals, basically. Uh, I sort of enjoy that you've got this group of people who are basically workers themselves to an extent who are still like deeply invested in mm-hmm. protecting and serving the interest of the people who've set this entire thing up. It, Cause I think that's something that the politics this very, that speaks to the politics of this kind of situation, the message it's getting out, which is that the interests of a predatory upper class are always going to be guarded, protected and serviced by a group of people who you would think their economic interests would lie yes. with the people they're oppressing, but they have other interests and other values that cause them to happily join in the oppression and uh, and servicing it. It reminds me of, um, there's a, I, I'm not sure where the quote originates from, but it, it came up, uh, a debate about whether police unions That's should be exactly treated where as a part of the labor. That's exactly where I was Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, there, there was a resolution of, you know, within, I think, the UAW uh, that acknowledges that historically and contemporarily, police unions serve the interests of police forces as an arm of the state and not the interests of police as laborers. And I think that's who these people are standing in for. That is that is how they organize. That is how they conceptualize themselves. Not as workers, not as people like you, but as people who are interested in the servicing of that oppressive system. Right. Like this is the way a system like this functions first and foremost is through arms of education and arms of entertainment and mass media that convince you that the way things are are the way things are and that this is the right way. And then if those things ever fail, if there is ever resistance, if there is ever, you know, uh, radicalization, uh, that is when like legitimized force steps in, right? That is when like they say, oh, we have the power. We have the, the, the sole jurisdiction of violence. We are those who can decide who lives and who dies. And so go kill them for us. And like at that point, like we, yeah. we cannot build a coalition with people who are making that decision, uh, who, who are deciding. Like, uh, for me, it, it, there are lots of – we had this discussion earlier this year with the, with the Amazon strike stuff and Twitch streaming uh, on, on the site. And like we, we tried to work through where we didn't feel comfortable breaking a, you know, a, 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 a kind of organized action, direct action, um, and kind of running against it versus when we were, you know, we needed to in, on other days, right? We couldn't, we couldn't not stream for three weeks straight, but we absolutely wanted to still contribute and, and, and recognize that. And so we picked a day where we could and blah, blah, blah. And there's lots of conversation around the gray area uh, between the needs of being someone in the working class who needs to pay their bills. And that means you have to engage with capitalism and, and you know, work within the status quo so that you don't starve to death. And the the kind of like, or are you just are you just supporting the system, right? And I think it's fair to have lots of different perspectives in there and to have debate around that stuff. For me, the hard line is like I have no interest in defending police unions. I have no interest. Uh, you know, I I I I'm actually more sympathetic to like uh, soldiers than I am police, right? Because soldiers tend to be recruited from or are often recruited from low income families, and you know there there was an entire realm of rhetoric about escaping the life that capitalism has often put people into to begin with. Um, but I think that they, for me that, that the film does an all right job of that. I, I still wish there had been, and I also am not surprised that it couldn't go all of the way to like, it could vilify the super rich. It could do the, the slave auction, the martyr auction. It could have the like goofy again, like video game esque boss groupings of the rich families who are all bidding. Um, 
uh, like down to the the Trump and his two sons who the love Trump fucking. Boys, the large adult it's the sons. large adult sons are in this movie. It's unbelievable. <laughs> they go to an enclosed and they, they bro fist. fist. They go Repeatedly. to an enclosed hunting ground. It's it and this is, is just and this is them. 2014, right? Yes, 100. Like, so uh, this was written and shot prior to even him coming down that shitty gold escalator. Right. So like oh. it's it is. All of that stuff, I think, is, is fascinating. I think it's, like, worth trying to work out where you feel, like, on an individual uh, thing. Or I think, like, there's another great example of that in the film, which is the Lakeith Sandfield character, right, who shows up and is, like, pulls off the mask, reveals that he has the god mask on, uh, and is the one who is like, listen, I'm just making money. We're not here to purge. We don't kill people. We just sell. We're mm-hmm. just we're just slave traders. We just capture well, slaves and, and sell The movie, them. like, touches on at various moments, like, the economies that would yeah. cr- be created as a result of a situation like this. Like, you see it in... Um, uh, in, in the opening of the movie when like people are offering weapons and protection and it's like there would be people even folks that you would think like your class is being exploited through this but people in different situations there are gonna be people that just try and you know make yeah. a buck they're gonna they're gonna see a situation and exploit it themselves and th- i think this movie uh again this is one of those things that doesn't stick the landing on but at least introduces interesting questions about like well who would exploit the exploited in order to kind of like turn a blind eye and, and make a few dollars. And there are like multiple situations in this movie where they, they touch on, on where those economies would sort of sprout up. That, that scene we, we showed also, I think just contains one of the like really revealing fumbles of this movie, mm. which is that, um, I forget her name. The, Liz? <laughs> the, 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 the Liz. Liz. Yes. White girl Liz. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Liz. Uh, <laughs> uh, Liz ends that scene with like, yeah. I want to purge. Oh, yeah, yeah shitty line. And it's like, it's really frustrating because like, first of all, like, young lady in this house, we take up revolutionary <laughs> arms in resistance. But like, very much to the point, like literally, the movement that just burst through the doors and came and saved your ass is explicitly in opposition to the purge. They are not purging Mm. they are resisting (laughs) they're liberating they're fighting back but they are not in any way buying into the sense that like you know the this will cleanse yeah that it's time to water the your natural animalistic violent psyche impulse must now be enacted in order to become a pure human right and she's and it where it leaves it is like i want to purge as if it's like she's bought into the ideology take care of her yeah, and I'm like, what? Do, like, does that mean she's one of you now? Because I, I, I hope not. It's an unsettling line. Like, maybe, maybe it is intentionally unsettling. And in that, oh, this is the way Liz reacts to this trauma. Oh, something bad happened to me. Now I want to purge. Not I want to help. Not I want to join this movement. But I'm fucking. Bob, you know, yeah. it's a big tent uh, revolution. <laughs> when we bring, if you've read the 18th Brumaire of Louis Napoleon by by Karl Marx, you understand that sometimes you build alliances between various strata of society. Is she is Liz Joe Mansion? Liz is Joe Mansion. Liz is Joe Mansion. Um, which is a, which is like I. I, I I would have been upset. I wouldn't have been, I don't think it would have been earned if she had gotten up and said, like, fuck the purge. Like, no, like, you were in a car at the beginning of this movie having a breakup on Purge Day. Are you fucking kidding me? You have no revolutionary heart. You have... Who breaks up on Purge First of all, who breaks up on Purge Day? Are you kidding me? They went to Whole Foods. Go to Whole Foods. You might as well have just done it by text Exactly. It's like, you know, don't break up until after (laughs) Valentine's Day. Don't do it. You're not allowed. If someone's birthday is coming up, wait until after their birthday. Don't do that. Just get the fuck out of it bad. 
one of the unsaid yeah. rules of the purge. That's, that's why don't it's a countdown. On the purge. But also, don't get engaged. Do not get married on the purge. Like, that's the like. Mm. Oh yeah, um, but no, I, that is some fucking. What if you met ooh, at the purge? Mm, like, I mean, I bet a lot of know, love blooms on the battlefield. Well, that is the purge. Well, that's the arc of this that movie. Is, practically, he gets a family that's the by end the end. Of this end. movie is they all get together. Um, I don't know if that continues into the next movie. I mean, go ahead. But his attachment. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say his attachment is to the daughter, mm. not to. I think they the try wife. to do. I mean, his his. They have a moment. I think he. They have a moment, but it's about Callie. He's like, you have a very special daughter. Doesn't he hold he, her hand he when they're in the he's her hand. offering help? By the because they set up the whole thing at the beginning where she's not interested in the in the in the dude at work. Remember, and her friend is like, I would walk that dog all day long. And like the whole thing is like she's someone who doesn't feel like there's she has time or space for love in her life. But now she's met this strong white boy, and that's it. She's in all the way. Like she cares about him by the end of that movie. Uh oh. She cares. Yeah, she definitely cares about him. You but don't think a love I don't connection. think he. I mean, I don't. I don't know if it's a love. Con- I mean, it's it could be seen that way. It's interesting because I watched the second half of it this morning with uh, a friend that was staying with me and she kept saying, damn, like this daughter and this no, dude, they about yeah, to, like, uh-huh. I don't know, they're... It's it's a weird energy. They're swing, close. Right? I think part of that is Callie it's is weird. just really charismatic he, but, in this movie. She's. Mm-hmm. I'm very upset that she hasn't been in like anything yeah. since this because she carries a lot of scenes in this huh. movie with her back talking and her like, s- yeah, like snarky teen energy. <laughs> The 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 scene the scene the anarchist. scene where she uh, yeah. chastises uh, her mother over like did you tell the speech how we went over it you know when she was asking for the raise yeah. like the look on her face of just disdain when she just did not believe that her mom committed to the well, speech she was supposed to give her the boss generational politics of that family are actually really interesting yeah uh, like I think it reminded me of Mafia Three mm-hmm. a little bit when you meet Cassandra and she just runs down um, your guardian yeah. was it your uncle uh, who initially gets gets killed but the the entire idea of his entire way of accommodating uh, the society and the world that he that he encountered ultimately didn't serve him or anyone well. It just, you know, in, in the end, it came to naught. And I kind of think there's a generational like argument being made here too, where she's the you know fire like she's the she's the young, uh, politically aware uh, radical, and her grandfather is just tired. And he like sees no hope in resisting the system. The best he can do is try to create some space for his family within that system through his own sacrifice. This game made me think of Mafia Three a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I by the time we get yeah. to the auction, I was like desperate for the KKK killing scene in Mafia Three. Um, and just like the, I, I just think in general the way that it tried to walk the line between um, kind of exploitation film and revenge film and. Uh, like a desire to be socially conscious. It just, I kept thinking about Mafia 3. I really wish Mafia 3 was on Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> um, oh, connected I mean, it's, to it's, other yeah. podcasts. It's, it's one of those yeah. things where, like, I think the, maybe the marketing reveals some of the uh, intentions of James DeMonica, where, like, he, you can see so explicitly balancing commercial yeah. interests versus like the social conscious elements where like that first trailer is just about white people getting hounded, you know, bad thing happens to them and then, you know, they got to go on the run so they don't get killed. And it seems like this movie like very like struggles with that a lot more. Um, um, whether it's like purely like commercial interest or like, I just love shooty shoot, shoot stuff. Um, it's like hard, to, you know, hard to tell. Um, but I think this movie like struggles a lot with that. And like a lot of its weaknesses are born out of 
it's like balancing of the like more uh, uh, operatic uh, uh, like shootouts mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. Um, we touched on the, the family stuff, and I want to uh, want to bring in another clip, which is uh, the family scene um, that occurs, which is both revealing of the oh, no. sort of like family. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, is this is this sprint ad plays <laughs> on YouTube for me? Um, yeah, me too. I'm not sure this scene this. is great for Latinx folk. Yeah, but yeah, we should just put yeah, a content a warning on everything. Yeah, it's there's yeah podcast. there's a lot going yeah. uh going on here. All right, so let's uh, cut to this clip. Let's put on some music and let's just liven it up a little bit, right? Come on, you want to dance? No, no, Come on, <laughs> liven up the party. Come on. Let's dance. Let's dance. Okay, I gotta go. I need the car. You trust these people? Because your friend likes to drink and she's taking pills back there. Yeah, she's pretty wild. But we'll be okay. She's a good friend. Wow, you don't want to... Th- what? Lorraine, do you care if we dance? She doesn't even care. She's not even paying attention. I don't know how to thank you. If you can just tell her I need the car right now, that would be really great. I know what you're doing tonight. You're going out there to kill someone who wronged you. You believe in this night, don't you? I think you should just take care of your daughter. She's special, and you're very lucky. And I need the car. There is no car. What? I'm sorry, they don't have a car. But we needed you. And I needed the car. I, I did what I had to. I did it for my daughter. I was doing this for my son. And I trusted you. You have no idea what you might have taken away from me tonight. Hey. Look, I know you're angry with my mother, but I really think you should just stay here. Just wait out the night with us, okay? Look, I heard you say that you're doing it for your son. Yeah, I don't know him, but I'm pretty sure he would not want you to do whatever it is that you're going to do. All right, Kelly. Please, come on, you're safe here. Please, just, you can just, please. Get back! Jesus Christ, she's dead. You killed your, your sister. She's your sister, Lorraine. What, what are you doing? You know what I'm doing. I read all your emails, you cheating motherfuckers. You both deserve to die. It's okay, Lorraine. Lorraine, stop. Get back, get back. Back up, back up. No. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. Lorraine, no. you shoot me, you shoot this woman. Just let her go. You don't want to do that. Lorraine, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean anything. I didn't mean it. She hasn't done anything to you, okay? So let us cut this out. Fuck you. This is my right granted to me by my government. Ah! Leave him alone. He's mine. Do it now. Go. Door. 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 Now. Move. 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 
This is the wackest scene in the whole fucking movie. A hundred Natalie, just 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 go, just go. I mean, there are just so many bad tropes here. There's like, this is this is a bad telenovela that I've seen before. Like this is. This is just playing, first of all, on like the the like loose like Latin woman who who drinks a lot and like is flirtatious and and you know, uh, uh, and then the like you know, uh, act of uh, what is it called when you uh, uh, act of passion or whatever like crime of passion, crimes of passion, crimes of passion, just giving of, that hot the blood. Sister. Yeah, that hot, hot-blooded Latinas, you know, be, 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 you know, going off when it's just, it's, it's really frustrating because you get there and it's like, come on, we're all family. Like, again, another like very like Latin thing, like you have guests, you know, you serve them, you, you're trying to feed them, you're trying to take care of them, you're trying to like make it a hospitable environment for them. And then it goes into, you know, this, this, you know, the, the, the flirtatious woman, whatever the flirtatious, uh, Latina. And, and it's just, and it, it's just like a pass by, there's nothing else there. It, and then that scene's over and they move on and that's it. And they go and they go downstairs and then they try and just get out of the building. We and that get family is just yeah. fucked. And no, there's yep. zero resolution there. And it was so strange because going into that scene, I had so many, I was so anxious that whole time. And I think maybe that's the point is like having the the dude in like the, the army jacket and then and him just kind of being super quiet, just sitting there. Like he was going to be the kind of like lone lone wolf kind of freak out guy. Like I was waiting for him to freak out. And of course, it was it was the the other. Uh, I don't know. It just that scene was just. Uh, it was just a a little like plot pin that just to push the thing along, and there was like nothing. Also, their yeah, apartment they gave was a nice really fucking nice, place, yeah. and she was a waitress too. They had a really nice place, and she was a waitress too. And it was implied and, that like you know it was only a couple of blocks or maybe half a mile from where they started, which. I mean, yes, there are like gentrified neighborhoods and things can change a couple blocks over, but th- there was no suggestion that no. this was that kind of neighborhood. The, oh, God. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Also, yeah, so I don't have, have a car, car in LA. I, I don't know how she gets. Well, well they're close to downtown. She might not. They do get there via the I subway. They might not. I mean, that weird subway chase. If and if you and if you go, when I lived in LA, I I, I moved there without a car, and when uh, I would use the public right. transit system with the buses and the limited train, and like you go on there, and th- right, there are right. no white people. Like that is that is that is th- like so it wouldn't be to- it was that totally outside of the the idea that um there would be uh, people um like you know service workers that were actually using the public the, transit that LA. The has. thing that sticks out for me with this is like. I, I cannot speak to the entire makeup of the creative team here. I know that uh, DeMarco is like a white dude from Brooklyn who who is open about his politics. I know that uh, Bloom is also, though the producer, uh, is also open about his politics. There's a, there's a really interesting uh, interview with some of the creative team on this series that's over at The Guardian. If you do a search for Making America Gory Again, How the Purge Films Troll Trumpism, there's a really interesting write-up about what the kind of po- political heart of these movies are. Um, but like, this moment felt like 
one, in line with their politics, in a way that I'll explain in a second, but two, very much like white folks, or just whenever there are times as a creator when someone go when you go like oh i think i can include a marginalized group in this sequence i think there's a sequence here in which it makes sense to include uh some more latinx folks or oh this is a sequence where there could be a trans character or oh this can be a sequence where they're blah 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 like you make those decisions because oh yeah i think inclusion makes sense i want to reflect the reality of the world but you're not knowledgeable about some of the harmful tropes and the and the 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 kind of you're not thoughtful about the ways in which previous attempts at representation or not even attempts at representation but just previous representations of a given marginalized group are filled with harmful uh stereotypes and 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 ideas about what that group is uh this felt very much like a white ally fucking up to me because the goal i think of this scene especially if you read what they've written about elsewhere is like for them the purge films were uh, were first originally pre pre rise of trumpism about gun control in America and were like about the ways in which America was addicted to violence and was willing to bring guns out uh, at any at any point and what struck me about this sequence is like this sequence could be in any movie because this like yeah, Lorraine has a gun. Like, that's a thing. And Lorraine can just have a gun in America. Nothing about the purge, besides her speech about how this is her, her you know, founding father's given right, her government given right to kill people today. But, like, the domestic violence <laughs> sequence is something that happens every day in America. Mostly not with the woman killing the dude. Like, this mostly goes the other way, where the angry dude believes his spouse, is che- his wife is cheating on her, or tra- cheating on him, and she is the one who gets who gets killed. Um, but like this sort of sequence, the family dispute that turns deeply violent and where someone gets shot and, and potentially killed is one that already exists in America. I think that's what they're going for here. But they hit the fucking landmine and fall into all of the worst shit around, like you said, kind of passionate Latina characters and like down to like the like they put on the music and try to like, oh, we should dance. And it's like, oh, you're it's the worst. It's, it's the worst. And it is like it feels like the mm. most like woke ally fucked up because they did not do the homework you know or or hire a consultant well and it, it it's um if you want to see like such a contrast uh even just within the you know blumhouse productions that you know the studio that produced this film is like they also right, produced right. jordan peele's get out right and so like that's a movie that like is steeped in the history of like racist stereotypes and 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 african-americans in cinema and is able to avoid play with right. toy with riff on those landmines because of jordan peele's uh you know you know understanding of, of the history there right and so like that's what this movie lacks it's like it is the instance of doing a t- you know clearly coming from a good faith effort but without the knowledge to like script it in a way that avoids those landmines so you can see the distance between those two even right. in the same production house in which you have films. I said DeMarco. His name is DeMonico. I just want to correct that. Apologies. DeMonico. Yeah, it's a really troubled... Like, first of all, I think there's a version of this movie where this is basically the second half of the film. And I think that where where this goes badly awry is it's trying to rush things. And it ends up being broad and kind of gross and offensive because it turns everyone into a character that exists to do one thing and then say one thing and then do another. And that's the, that's the entire purpose of the scene. There's a version of this that I think is very good where they get to what they think is going to be safe Harbor. And the purge is always uh, with you at the ball, right? It's always, it's always the mask of the red death. 
Um, this was a little bit of theme touched on in the first film. This idea that the minute the boyfriend shows up uh, in, in the first movie, I want to want to have a, right. a man to man with your dad. Well, on Purge <laughs> Night and that implicit threat of violence, nothing is what it says it is. Every argument, every discussion has with it this implicit threat of like potential violence. And I think there's a version of this movie that plays around with that and this notion that you think you've arrived to safety and it turns out that there are divisions in this family that are possibly going to like burst out into violence at any moment. And also the fucking uh, minigun semi crew are going to be pulling up outside. I think all that stuff would have worked better, but instead it's just this weird, like very quick sock puppety uh, moment where it's like, look, we need to have some, uh, you know, uh, latinx stereotypes uh sort of act out and act badly like kindly kindly older folk just happy to you know host you and and be good hosts the uh the wanton the wanton sister and the um yeah the (laughs) and and sort of the rundown uh dysfunctional husband and wife uh in that house there's a version of that where that all has room to to breathe but this movie really wants to get to the part where they're being hunted in the uh in in the purge yeah. garden mm-hmm. i think the 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 moment that should have been like opened up a little bit more is actually when she says it is my right to purge because this that would have been then pointed to to have like a character revelation of this actually is not for you the purge is is not for you like what you are doing in the purge is only contributing to like the larger uh 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 your participation is only contributing to the larger you know um uh othering and 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 suppressing and uh of you know your people of of uh marginalized people so if if in that moment i don't know it's like Hearing her say it is like my right feels like the marginalized folk who have mm. become like uh, <laughs> like Trump. Uh, uh, oh, but uh, I like like you know what I mean. But that is a real thing. Like that. That's the the thing I do like about this movie is that <sighs> like that is absolutely a thing that exists in my family as well people who have this background but like my god in terms of like ideology and outlook like they are they are white and they feel entitled to the things that white americans get to do right i can easily imagine mm-hmm. like people in my extended family like having that hey what do you mean i can't do this fuck you you know i'm of mm-hmm. course i'm allowed i'm entitled to this don't get in my way this is the uh, diamond can... and silk he's your president song about donald trump are you not are y'all I, have y'all not suffered okay well i don't my, oh my family doesn't deal oh in <laughs> we don't play so broadly as diamond and so okay well that's good that's good for you uh, all but i i think that part like i don't expect that character to have the realization but i do expect that scene to get to what natalie was just saying right that that scene needs to arrive at some sort of conclusion about this mm-hmm. as opposed to just um you know leaving it open Leaving it open, the family's completely abandoned. Who the fuck cares what happens to them? Um, yeah. That part's... I, 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 hmm. I'm so... It's... we. I guess here's the thing. Here's the thing that I keep coming back to is we get 
that family, we get Lorraine, who's like, this is my God-given right. We get the Lake at Stanfield character, who has a great name, by the way. Um, it's like, <laughs> it's a descriptive name. It's just meant to be like, the, the character's name is just like a descript. It's, God, where is it? A young ghoul face. It's just like he's young and he has, all, <laughs> and I think the name of that map, the name of that my gang alter of the ego. ghoul faces. My LP he, drops next week. But young ghoul face is just, ah, it's such a good name. Such a good name. Um, there are name. these like people who are class traders and and who have betrayed their their races and who are who are who have bought in uh, and believe that the system that hurts them is actually fundamental and necessary. Which the the film reveals the the, the big twist of this movie. I think they set up at the beginning when it's clear that they're like towering project or they're they're uh, targeting project towers uh, and they're like targeting specific like high density urban uh, uh, residential centers. The the twist is. The, no one actually is not enough people are purging the people don't want to purge actually and so to mm-hmm. keep up the lie of the purge the conservative government has straight up just sent out death squads to inflate the fucking numbers um, which is doubly interesting because the other thing that changes between this movie and the previous movie in the intro is that unemployment's gone up in 2022 unemployment is one percent and in 2023 it's under five percent which is like a substantial jump um but like the film doesn't believe in the purge the film we know that the film thinks that like there is no god-given right to purge and so i am invested in in and the purging doesn't work the purging doesn't actually get rid of any any you know emotional baggage otherwise the rich people wouldn't just auction off the right because otherwise that would mean that they wouldn't be getting to purge right like the film understands that stuff and so i am interested in these edge cases where where the the um, the ideology has affected marginalized groups, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like we don't get a, we don't really get a lot of how it's affected non marginalized groups besides the ultra rich. We get the ultra rich, but then it's like we get Shane and and Liz, and that is it for just like everyday white <laughs> folk. Like there is not, uh, or I guess you get the like. Oh no, I was gonna say you get the, you get the, the first du- movie. Well, yeah, you get the first movie, right? I know, but in this film, <laughs> yeah. which is like horror movies, sometimes you just go see one. Do you know? Like, you can't always count on someone mm-hmm. to have seen the whole fucking thing. Um, and so, like, for me, there was there is, some, there is definitely something that's like, oh, I wish we... Given that those are the two things we get, the resolution on, on both of them is not necessarily complete. The young ghoul face stuff, I think, wraps up fine. You are going to have black dudes who are willing to support, like, a racist system and t- to get theirs. And it is something that the black community has been fucking dealing with for a long time. And we have to keep dealing with it. Mm-hmm. But Lorraine does, doesn't get that attention. There is no... It doesn't feel like there is a bow tied on that scene. She literally just kind of slinks out of frame at the end, as if to say, like, yeah. "Well, you know, well, this is awkward." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk just the tiniest bit about sort of dehumanization and framing, yeah. um, in terms of sort of the way young Ghoulface. I think it's young Ghoulface. Yeah, young Ghoulface right, who's presented at the very beginning. Yeah. There is a the part that made me the most uncomfortable in the movie before the uh, shootout scene uh, with the family was definitely the sort of the way that Shane and Liz perceived oh, yeah. the the black folks in the beginning. Like you know they're they're having their their breakup at Whole Foods and all this is happening and then they see these sort of masked figures and they're they're shot in like slow motion. They're backlit so that their features are just completely flat. It's just this incredibly sort of dehumanizing framing. Like, the way it's shot is just very, like, oh, this is supposed to be scary. This is supposed to make you uncomfortable. And this is definitely, like, how these white people are, like, seeing these people. It's and the it's, first it jump scare like, of the film. Yeah. 
It's it, in, in a movie that doesn't really like, do jump scares, right? Like a series as a series, yeah, right. it doesn't really do jump scares, but like one of the and one of the ones it does is that that little sequence. I expect, and the thing is, like when he returns and they get captured and they're in the back of the truck, I, I expected the revelation. I, part of it is just like I like Lake at Stanfield, right? Like he's good in Atlanta, he's great, and sorry to bother you. And so I was like, oh wow, the twist is like, oh I, maybe they're working for Carmelo, or like maybe they're part of yeah, the yeah. I thought one hundred percent. And yeah. you know, I think I'm. I like this better. I I am more interested in a film that both has Carmelo Jones and also has the opportunists. But what that does is it means that it doesn't subvert that initial framing of the black folks as scary and and frightening, which you need to do if you're if you're having all the messages this movie is trying to to put forward. You know, I don't know. Right, it's not a subtle movie. No. That's the thing. Like, it does some subtle work. Yeah. Like, in, in obviously, we're talking about a lot of that subtle work sort of throughout this entire discussion. Um, but in general, it is not a fucking subtle. No, it, go, it goes even. It, has, it goes even it further. Has the stock yeah. Broker. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's... It has the the stockbroker trussed up like a Christmas turkey oh, over you know over a a bank. It's, it's a, a bank. bank. Yeah, they're going through the financial right, district at that point. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're going for like very intense visuals uh and they're going for that exploitation movie feel which yeah, again, it really does feel a lot like in sort of in feeling it does feel like Mafia 3 in in so many uh, weird and interesting ways. But yeah, it, it's one of those things where like okay, if you want to get this message home uh amongst the gunfire, amongst the incredibly unsubtle messages <laughs> kind of of the rest of the movie, you kind of have to Commit. Make that point in some yeah, fashion, totally. right? You have to kind of like subvert that framing in some way, uh, which it never does. Like Shane just sucks. Liz just kind of sucks. You know, it's just very like, I, I guess I'm giving her a tiny bit of points uh, for no real reason. I don't know if they <laughs> both suck, I guess. <laughs> but it is very like, hey, yeah, I, I would have wanted that to be complicated in some They fashion, decide not to break up on framing. Purge Day in the end. You know, they decide they love each so, other. I love you. Gun, 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 gun. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Wesley Morris. I think had, he died happy. Wesley, Wesley Morris had a great verdict on this, uh, which is just such a good fucking line uh, from his review over at Grantland. If the Paul Haggis Best Picture winner Crash were an asteroid that hit Earth, the Purge Anarchy would be its post-apocalypse, <laughs> which I think is the greatest single-line totally, summary yes. this film could fucking get. Totally, totally. Yes. Like it's a Mad Max film, right? Like it's not a good Mad Max film. It's like um, it's a, it's. <laughs> I, I, this is somewhere else. I think this was this was on IO9. Uh, maybe someone described it as uh, a Mad Max meets um, uh, meets the Punisher, right? And like those early sequences of Sergeant's car pulling into frame, and you realize it's like all super armored, and it looks it's a cool like the car. Fu- it's a cool car, and like it's a cool car <laughs> yeah. the, in in the way that cars in video games are cool cars, right? Like it's armor is is absolutely meant to be looked at as much as it is to, to, to protect anything that's a that's a car that if it had if guns had come out of the hoods i'd be like yeah yeah okay there's of guns course. in there yeah of course it's a Batmobile. he's totally. had a year to prepare i mean <laughs> <Right>. of course <laughs> god so he's definitely some has some sort of army background or special forces background or something right because this guy oh, acted yeah. like miss he acted like the punisher he he moved through space like the punisher this was well, not your average dad who lost a son and then spent twelve months becoming the Punisher. He, he must have had some kind some of background, right? Big Daddy called him Sergeant. <laughs> like Big Daddy knew him. That's the name of that character with the yeah. Gatling gun. Should we, is Big should we Daddy. get into that ending? Yeah, let's talk about the ending. I guess we only have a few minutes left, so. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, like the you know the the ending. Uh, we won't play the clip here, so we don't have time. But the you know the yeah the implication. Well, I guess Austin, like you, you touched on the ending, the twist. Or do you want to touch on like what what he actually Sarge actually does, where he like he so he, he gets into the room. He uh, what they they escape from uh the the Latina lover, and then they they get hunted. They get hunted. And then they escape yeah. that, yeah. and then uh he decides now he actually wants to go and purge you know enact his his purge like, because you know, the, his the protest someone of, like a drunk driver killed his yeah a drunk driver his, like uh hit his uh child three uh, times over the legal limit yeah he yeah, says he's very specific like, about ugh. that uh and the the guy ends up getting off. judge gets, kavanaugh but what's the legal limit <laughs> oh where oh, church says fuck he likes <laughs> beer he still likes beer uh, and it turns out yeah. there it does the thing that everyone like it was the most boilerplate ending yep. of just like he's gonna go in there and he's gonna like he, he he broke their back door open three weeks ago he he broke their security lock weeks mm-hmm. ago he's gonna show up and get him and then he doesn't obviously we don't see the like the moment where he decides not to kill him but we you can infer it and then yeah he wa- he walks out then he gets shot by uh, a chain gun man by, um, yeah by, by big daddy Big Daddy, and then we get the uh, like ah, oh, just one of the, the worst tropes of, of horror films, which is the the villain monologue, mm-hmm. um, in which they explain they the the, the villain exposition dump, um, which is where we get that they've been yeah. purposely uh, you know pump uh, pumping crime into the system um, because not enough people are are purging. It's year six of this, I think we established at the top, so um, it doesn't really leave like. Uh, you know, part of the reason I, I one thing I like about these films is that they don't really leave the conclusion with like. There's no post-credit scene. There's no like obvious spot where the next one is going to pick up. There's right. like some thematic trappings about where the series could go from there. Um, but we're not really left with uh, like, oh, where does this one go after that? I mean, we'll get into that. But before we do, I, I at least wanted to visit. You know, it is Tuesday, Tactical Tuesdays. Yeah. Rob was angry about this. At the top. Rob, when <laughs> when when you're thinking about how you're going to deploy your strategy, how you're going to uh, survive a situation. A lot of it is preparation, right? Like, it's not just about what you do in the moment. It's about, like, what do you do before the moment comes? And these people, Rob, what, are these, what were these people doing on the day of they the They only have one bag, Patrick. They like, they're like, let's drive across fucking town. Let's drive to the Whole Foods across town. We got we got a good hour forty five. This is Liz and, if, and Shane. Yeah. you're talking. Yeah, yes. we don't hit any traffic. Shane. We don't hit any traffic. We'll be home with like fifteen minutes to spare. Should be good. We need this baguette. Nobody else is out. No lines. Like, you know, babe. How are we gonna survive perch tonight if we don't have arugula? Where's our arugula? <laughs> Like so, the, so the thing oh is, like, God. it's established. They go to this fucking, they go to this fucking grocery store to have their fight, but also to have one brown paper bag full of like, uh, like organic groceries, which they don't which even is, take with them, honestly. Which is, yeah, and it's that that is the part that just it's all young girl fucking ways. I would, I would have more sympathy for what befalls them if they come out of that grocery store with like three carts. And they're like, how are we going to load this thing up? Because then it's like, oh, you need to like, clearly you need to stock up for the night. Um, you never I don't know. know why you, 12 hours, you know, if you run. <laughs> Couldn't it. done it yesterday? That's all I'm saying. Just go yesterday. <laughs> well, in yesterday they house, had the marriage counseling. You know, okay, fair, fair. But for real, in my house. No, they've been known they're separating. Yeah. They just haven't told the is, sister. Actually, They've been... He's looking at the pictures on the iPad. It is. Oh, I mean, it, oh my God. I thought that was someone else. I didn't know that was her at the first. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, that was she's on a surface, like, right? You're looking at it in the car right next to her. What are you doing? Wait, what's she looking, looking at? What's she looking at? 
He was looking at pictures of them together, but she had curly hair at the time. So I was very, I thought it was someone else. And I was like, she's like, what's that? And he's like, nothing. And I was like, how are you just going to be looking at pictures of you and someone else, like an ex or something, like in the car next to your, like. Such a shame was, thing. No, but. It's fucking shame. I'm with Austin. It's anyway. purge week. Like fully, like five yeah. days before last grocery store, grocery trip, trip is done. Uh, and at that point, I'm just kind of you spend knew it was coming. Yeah, well, and it seems you have a like year to prepare. This actually could have been like in a different film, like a way they show the contrast between the classes, right? Where, uh, ha- like let's say Liz and Shane were, you know, had actually prepared for a week, like they're ready, and like some other, you know, uh, contrived driven forces them to to be on the streets. But it would make sense that like. The, the lower class folk would have to work until the last possible second because they need mm-hmm. the money. Mm-hmm. They don't have the resources to take that week off um, because they don't have the vacation days, the wealth in order to to do that. Like that could have been an example, like a moment where like they they, they really under underscore like one of the broader themes of the film so far. Um, but, you know, you know, it doesn't really lean into that at all. Or is it just the carelessness of the white couple? Sure. Like, it's not going to happen to yeah. us, yeah. you know? Like, that's also kind of it where, you know, it's not oh, gonna we, happen we have to time us. to make a last-minute trip. We can get back. Like, we're going to be fine. The um, way she screeched, we're downtown! Like, I know. you know what I happens was like, downtown? It was just, like, she screamed, the shrillest, like, white wine, like, oh, that was... That said a lot. I mean, LA's downtown lot, did sure. used to be a lot different. Like you can, I mean, I've I've marked the evolution of LA's downtown with the too many E3s that I've gone to, and like the like the downtown LA area is far different now than it used to. You know, it was the Staples Center, and that was about it. Um, now it's an actual yeah, sort but of- but also that has to do with pushing like the areas that they were like. I don't know. It's it's it was so weird that this took place specifically in downtown, which is like notoriously is where um you know LA and LA government has pushed um the homeless population mm-hmm. to be concentrated in downtown like as has actively um sort of almost corralled all uh all of the homeless population into uh to be centered in downtown and and uh you know the amount of industries that are downtown are are industries that are close to downtown which means that a lot of um, like in terms of factory, like textile factories and things like that, they're like these downtown is largely, um, uh, uh, it's such a weird place because of how it's changing. You have like the arts. I don't know. It's, it's kind it's, of two downtowns too. There's like the, yeah, there's yeah, the convention yeah. center business district downtown. And then there's like the old downtown, which is more like an arts neighborhood, but also is still like very densely populated with, uh, you know, homeless folks, and it's also just—it's an older, like you know, mid-century American city uh, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So, it's downtown can be kind of a weird and eerie place if you're there, like after two in the morning, like any downtown in a city, like where pretty much everyone's home for the night. And in LA, things can get extremely deserted in a way that's eerie. Uh, but mm-hmm. this this whole idea of them not—I I did kind of like they're performance of the ritual of white flight was denied them mm-hmm. and immediately mm-hmm. it's time for full panic mm-hmm. yeah also he looks at one dumpster and there's a dead guy in it and decides that's not a Color way to hide. just go to this my wife was 
screaming, like which is part of the fun of horror films is like people making poor decisions. But but just like yeah, like one of the things that like kind of drives me a wall about the the purge movies in general is like I mean obviously you know suspension of disbelief, but like there are like spots you could just innocuous places you could hide for twelve hours and like probably ride this thing out. And a dumpster is a good that's a good option. Like it's made up. Yeah, it's maybe not probably got food in there. Yeah, you'll be fine. Just yeah, There's bring that moment. bag in there and just mm, get out that hummus. Like you're good. <laughs> There's the moment towards the end where it's it's after leaving the Lorraine situation. Or they're like three hours left, or it might even be less than that, or it might have been, it might even be, there's a, there's a moment towards the end where it's just like, there's not any time left. I could kill three hours anywhere. <laughs> like, it's in, the, it's in the subway is actually where it is. It's before they get to Lorraine's, where they've killed the people with the weird dune buggy underground with the flamethrower. It's like, honestly, just stay in this subway for four hours. Half of it's already barricaded. You have a gun. It's a tunnel. You'll be fine. And yeah. they don't, they don't, they don't be fine. Instead, they they go. Oh, well, he had to go. I know he go. had to go. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I in that situation, the thing is, like, I think there is something to be said for like maintaining active awareness and lines of sight, like anything that like preserves your situational <laughs> awareness, oh, probably okay. for the best. Like, yeah, that plan of staying in the strategy that like is staying in the subway that's good. Except, what if another dune buggy crew comes through? You know what I mean? Like, you gotta. I, I sort of understand. You'll hear the, him coming. You'll hear them coming. You get on the other side of the buggy. They can't get. They can't get to you. I'd probably just be hanging out in like I don't know Griffith Park somewhere. Like just under the theory that I got a tarp. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to ground here and, uh, and and just keep an eye on things. That's probably me. I'd be in my ambulance. I'd be that dumb jerk. You're not allowed to go out. Ambulance, you can't. trying to trying to scoop some people up and yeah, they said be the you only can't. can't. Medi- you medical can't. assistance you is banned. You'll be prosecuted. You're illegal. What if I say uh, that I'm actually just killing them slowly with uh, morphine drugs or something? There you go. Kill them with kindness. Mm. But I'm really sick. You think the Griffith Park plan sucks, Natalie? I yeah, I think it really. I I, I would go if it were me. I think I think I think we should hold this question. I think everyone should think about this. We will open our next purge podcast where I think everyone needs to think real hard about what they would do. In this, like, hey, I just need to hide out. It's not like I'm going to my friend's place. I was just talking about Los Angeles, places in Los Angeles. Okay, well, okay, do that. Okay, give me. We can think about a larger plan. Okay, everyone think about your larger plan. We're gonna punt that to uh, the next podcast where uh, we'll be watching uh, uh, the purge election year. Um, I have a question. Yes, Santa Monica Mountains. Mm. Is the purge a battle royale game? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because that will affect my decision on how to survive. Fair. Okay. Yes. We, we know you have feelings on that. For the yes. every yes. scene, I'm like, question. loot these guys. Loot them. <laughs> <laughs> loot and scoot. Uh, Where are we dropping, boys? Oh, God. Oh, so spicy. We dropping at the top of Runyon, boys. We going. <laughs> I've been. They you got know good what? sights on everyone from here. You know what? Running, I love running candy. I went there all the time. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, the next, uh, we'll be watching. Uh, well, I think what we'll do, because we said we weren't sure how we were going to handle the rest of these podcasts, whether we were going to do individual uh, uh, discussions of Purge Election Year and the first Purge. So let's, we're going to, we'll announce what we're going to do. I say all, you know, yeah. all of us, we should watch the um, election year 
see if we feel like there's enough for a full discussion or if we want to mash those two together and and do uh, uh, a double whammy of, of the last two in the film side of the series. Um, so we'll announce exactly what we're going to do on Twitter in the future. But um, our thanks to uh, Tumelo for our theme music. Uh, you can find uh, more of Tumelo at Tumelo Makes. That's a, an actual two instead of writing it out. Uh, .bandcamp.com. That's Tumelomakes.bandcamp.com. Uh, and you can follow him at Mellomakes on Twitter where he is in I think he's really leaning into he wants everyone to register to vote. That's like I went to his Twitter page today and he was just like register uh-huh. to vote. So go do that. Yeah. Your deadlines are coming up. So uh They really are. They some of them today's could be the the day that we're recording. The day this. for several people. Yeah. So yeah, get, but it might not be you. Might not so. be you and there's different deadlines if you want to do on uh, if you yeah. want to do a do a vote by mail yeah. or vote in person. So just yeah, do you know, if you want to thank Mello Go buy his music and also register to vote. Um, you can keep uh, all of us at waypoint.vice.com. Uh, um, if you enjoyed this or any other episode of Waypoint's many fine podcasts, like please, like, it helps if you go and rate and review or you do one or the other um, so for, for this, uh, for any other podcast. This will eventually get spun off into its own feed, but um, for all of our podcasts, you know, any rating and reviewing really, really does help. Uh, you can follow me at Patrick Klubick. Uh Danielle, where can people follow you? At Danielle or I. Natalie. At Natalie Watson. Austin. At Austin underscore Walker. And hey, don't uh, stop recording your files because we have to clap again because I crashed and we need another clap at the back end. Okay. Rob? Uh, Where can people follow you? At Rob, <laughs> Rob? Zachney. <laughs> he was so mad about the fortifications. That's what it was. He was just mad about preparation. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm s- Maybe I should just go. I'm going to go to Whole Foods today. I can, you know, I don't know when this yeah. perk's going to happen. So I'm just going to I'm going to get my time in early. Uh, we'll be back. It happens on March 21st because it's three, yeah, two, one. True. Per three. That's a countdown. Two, one. one. Off to Whole Foods. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.